to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. I want to speak to you on the subject, uh, the second mile, all right, or being a second miler. Let's read these few verses together first. We'll break it down and we'll uh, just look at it uh, as we go along. But let's read those verses on the screen together. It says, uh, And you have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. I think the color is wrong, but go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Next verse, please. Next slide. You have also heard, it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to, to rise on the, on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than the others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore as a Heavenly Father, is perfect. Let's go back to the previous slide. Verses 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles, or go the second mile. Now, I want to give you what I believe is the secret to life. If I can give you a magic bullet that can unlock the potential in your life, would you want it? If I can share with you a secret that will help you go along, not just in your Christian life, but also in your family life, in your work life. Wouldn't you want to know that? And I think the secret or the key is in these verses, especially in that one simple phrase, go the second mile. Turn to the person next to you and say, go the second mile. All right, I believe the key to living with a smile in the Christian life uh, is... To live a Christ-centered life. And I believe the Christ-centered life is a self-emptied life. And listen, the second mile is what I believe the smile mile. Don't the person says the smile mile. Let me explain that. But the, well, because you have to understand, in, in Jesus' day, the Romans implemented what was called the Roman mile. Uh, let me explain this, all right? The Roman mile. Because the Romans were, were colonizing uh, Israel, and a Roman soldier could demand that a Jew carry a burden for one mile. So, so for example, if I'm the Roman soldier, and if Andre is a typical Jew, the Jew on the street, and, and I can come to him and say, Andre, today your face just looks terrible. I don't like you. Can you carry my bag? For me, and Andre has got to do so because he's under uh, the rule of the Romans and he has to carry that burden for one mile. But after one mile, he can stop and say, Okay, I've done my part, give the bag back to you. 
All right, are you still with me? Yeah. So that's called the Roman mouth. So, and it's in the law and every Roman soldier can demand that of every Jew. That I can demand as a Roman soldier anyone that I meet on the street to carry my bag or carry my sandals for one mile. All right? And this was done to subjugate the land as well as to humiliate the people. All right? This was to put the, the Jews in their place. All right, and most Jews, listen, would carry it grudgingly. Most Jews, you know, when a Roman soldier uh, comes to, hi- to him and said, carry my bag for one mile, they would do it, but they would do it grudgingly. They would do it cursing the soldier under their breath. They would do it, uh, of course, you know, with an anger, and then at the end of one mile, just throw it back, and that's it. They fulfill their duty. They fulfill their Responsibility. So that's what is called the Roman mount. But listen, friends, I believe in this passage, what Jesus was trying to tell his listeners is we need to go beyond that one mile. We need to do more than the legalists. We need to, we need to go beyond that one mile. And I believe as a church, let's be a second mile church. I'll just pin the context first and I'll explain it. Let's not just do the bare minimum as Christians. Let's, just not do, uh, let's not just be a one-mile believer. Let's become two malas in this church. I believe the staff, Andre, myself, Christine, your leaders, the board members, our vision for this church is that this church will be a second-mile church. Amen. That all of us will be second-malas in our life and as Christians. See, life can be lived, I believe, on three levels. The first level is what I call the hellish level. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can live like hell. <laughs> and that is when we return evil for good. Right? Return evil for good. So if someone wrongs me, I can, I, I can just go back and hit back at that person. An eye for an eye. That's what Jesus was saying. If, I, if, if someone punches you on, on the left side, you just punch back on the right side. That's how most people live in this life. Amen? Yeah. If someone sues, you sue him back. Double sue. Counter sue it. Uh, this is what most people in the world are living their life. That's how they live their life. The hellish level. But you can also live on the human level. Returning evil for evil, good for good. So, you know, if... If my son is kind to me, I'll be kind to my son. If Christopher comes to me one day and, and uh, give me um, a gift, I'll make sure that on his birthday he receives a gift back. That, that's how most of us live. Just, if you don't believe me, just ask your parents when you get married. What do I mean? They will actually record down how much your relative give you because when their children get married, they'll return the same amount. Hello? I've been married. I was there when my brother got married. And that's how most of us practice in Singapore. Andre's getting married. I'm quite sure the parents will be there recording how much the relatives actually give because, he will, because they will actually give back the same amount. Now, that's how most of us live on the human level. Good for good, evil for evil. If someone give you way too little, you you will be sure to give them back the same amount. Alright? But I believe that as Christians, we should live our life on the heavenly level and that is returning good for evil. That's exactly what Jesus was saying here. He says, if someone punches you on the the left, turn the other cheek. 
Hit me one more time. If someone asks you to go for one mile, go the second mile and do it with joy. Do it gladly. And that's what it means to be a second mala. Amen. See, friends, you have to understand this. We've got no control over the first mile because it's part of the law, right? It's part of the regulation of those days. You've got no control. But you know what, friends? We have control over the second mile. The first mile is master over us. But we can be a master over our second mile. And there are a lot of implications. Right, whether it's in your personal life, at work, all right, we've got no choice. As husbands, we must love our wives. That's commanded biblically. Of course, we do it gladly, right? Husbands, come on. At all times. All right, the good, the bad, and the ugly will love them. Yes, of course. Definitely, right? <laughs> all right, but... What if you don't feel like it? What, what, what if one morning you wake up and you look over and say, wow, this is the worst decision of my life. All right? Now, of course, the first one is, but I've got no choice. I'll love him. I'll, I'll love her. I'll, or I'll love him, right? Whether you're a wife or your husband, I'll still prepare the breakfast. I'll do my part. It's part of the deal when we got married. No, that's the first mile. But the second mile is, in spite of how you feel, you buy your spouse a gift, drop her a text. Same at workplace, right? I still remember growing up working for very, uh, with challenging people. And these are guys that you know, either didn't like the way I work or just didn't like me, full stop. Right? And there will be times where I felt like this is unfair. All right? And I can just walk away and say, but you know what, it's too bad, it's my colleague, I'm told to love everyone, that's the Christian command, I've got to do it. But you know what, a second malas, what you should do is, you take a card, you, you pray for a prophetic word that's kind for this person, you write the card with a gift and you give it to the person. That's what it means to go the second mile. Right? In church, you come into church and you, you know what? It's, well, honor says we have to be on time because that honors the people in the band who comes at seven. And so, okay, I'll just be on time, right? You're a first mother. Okay, I'll just, because he's, he's my pastor, he, you know, he has said it from the pulpit, so I'll just be on time. That's the first mile. The second mile is, you know what? I'll go beyond just being on time. I'll come at 9.30 and I will walk around to encourage the people in the band. Because Andre didn't say that, but I want to do that because I'm a second mala. Life groups. Now, I'm, can I just be a father this morning and just follow the house a little bit? Life groups. Oh, it's part of the rule here to be part of a life group because that's where you connect. And so I have to go for life group. And then some of you receive a text from Andre. If you want to serve, and then you must be part of a life group. Okay, I'll just go for life group. It's the rule. That's the first mal. The second mala is you go beyond just going for life group and you start buying food for your life group members. You start texting your life group members on Tuesday. You start loving on the life group members. Now that's what it means to go the second mile. The, sec the first mile is you've got no choice. Now of course, you can rebel and say, well then don't be part of this church. I'll go to somewhere else. I can just sit there and, be, and hide. Feel free, huh? okay? Because you have a, 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 you, have a, you have a choice. But in every house, there are house rules. In my house, there are house rules. Rules are not bad. 
All right, don't think rules as laws. All right, rules are not bad. Rules are there to give the house a sense of identity. Amen. That's what rules are for. All right, don't believe any preacher who tells you rules are wrong. Rules are not wrong. All right, if there are no rules today, most of you wouldn't make it to church because cars would be banging to one another. MLT wouldn't work like last week because there are no rules. People just do whatever they want, but there are house rules, there are regulations, there are protocols that actually facilitate a system. There's a need to have rules, to have laws. All right? But if you're just fulfilling the rule or fulfilling the law, then you're a first mauler. But I believe in this church, God wants us all, not just a few, not just the staff, not just the members, but all of us to be second mauler's. We need to do more than the legalists. We need to go beyond just keeping the law, obeying the rules. We need to live life on the heavenly level. We can have mastery over our second mile. Amen. Come on. And that's what I believe will make this church great. That's what I believe will make your life Great. At every level. And let, and let me move on, alright? The second mile is the mastery mile. We have mastery over our second mile. We have mastery over our emotions, mastery over our choices. We have mastery over our lives. And that's what living life in the second mile means. Amen. The second mile is also the charity mile. The first mile is legalism. The second mile is love. Yeah. The, second, the first mile is, I've got no choice, I have to do this. All right? and, and, and sometimes, as Christians, we want, we want to know what's the least we need to do. Because why we're good Christians, right? So what's the least? What time must I be at work? Or oh, 9, alright, I'll be there at 9. Uh, what time can I leave after 6? Okay, I'll leave on the dot 6. Oh, in church, uh, what's the bare minimum for me to be a member so that when I get married, there'll be someone there to marry me, so that when I die, there'll be someone there to bury me, so that you know, when I'm sick, there'll be someone there to visit me. I, I mean, what's the bare minimum? Most of us live life like that, don't we? At work, in church, even with God. All right, we don't believe in one safe, always safe. I, I mean, we can go into the whole the- theology. It's a, it's a big one, all right, which we won't have time, and neither will we ever solve that mystery in this lifetime. All right, but I believe that that's a wrong question. What must I do to be safe? After you are, you are safe, to remain safe. That's a wrong question. That's a first mile question. Must I read the Bible every day? Or oh, my pastor says so, but someone said no. I mean, you're always trying to like, what must I, what's the minimum I need to do? What, um, must I reach out to the laws? Must I read the Bible? And we're always looking at legalism, first mile. That's not how God expects us to live our lives. What's the least we need to do? God expects us to go the extra mile. Stop asking, should I read the Bible every day? Should I come to church every Sunday? Should I? This is all rules-based. It's important. You need to have a discipline, a framework in your life, and that gives you a sense of movement and momentum. But that's not how God expects us to live our lives. He wants us to go the extra mile and start asking, what should I do to draw closer to God? What should I do to love people more? What do I need to to do to know His ways, to understand His word? What should I do to become more like Jesus? These are second mile questions that, that goes beyond legalism. Amen. Same in the marriage. What's the least I can do to stay married? Do you ask questions like that, Chris? 
What's the least I can do you know, without truly leaving me? That's a terrible question, right? What's the first small question? As a great husband, you would ask yourself, what must I do to love Trudy more? And that's exactly what God expects us of believers. What must I do to know Him more? What must I do to show that I love Him more? What must I do to understand His ways? Second mile is love. So when do we need to go the, the, the second mile or the extra mile? If you read the passage in context, you know, you would understand and you would learn that we need to go the extra mile when our dignity is degraded. Right? Read that. Alright, you, you, have, you have to carry a bag. You're a Jew. You're not a Roman. And so when the Roman soldier comes and throws his bag at, at you, you feel like, I'm also a human, but it's not fair. But then you can Listen, you go the extra mile even when your dignity is degraded. At work. You may not be the manager. You might just be an entry-level employee at 23. All right, when your supervisor comes and he has been through uh, the ranks, he has been taken before, you know, and now he's doing it back to you, right? Okay, you've got to go through this. And listen, even when, when someone asks you to pick up the trash or, or send this for, for clearing, for washing, do it, but not do it grudgingly. Do it with the second mouth spirit. Amen. Now listen, you can never keep a second mouth down. Even when your dignity is degraded, go the extra mile. Go the extra mile when your enemy seems victorious. You know, it's very interesting, but you can know how, you can know the depth of your faith in God when things go wrong. Right? When you receive a bad news from the doctor, right? First mile Christian will always ask this question. Why? Unfair! And you start blaming God. I, I've been giving my tithe faithfully. I've been serving in church faithfully. I even go for Bible study. I read the Bible from cover to cover twice every year. And you start naming what you have done. And you say, why is it still like that? When the adversary seems to be victorious, you start blaming God and say, God, this is unfair. That's what most Christians may do. But I believe a second mile Christian would be very different. We sang that song. I don't know whether you know, but that's not a new song by Hillsong. This uh, so sweet to trust in Jesus. That's actually a hymn. It's not the latest song from Bethel. Huh? There are still some great old songs that you know, I think carries a lot more weight. And the reason why it carries weight, let me tell you this, all right? is that most of these songs were written when the author was going through a trial. That's overwhelming. It's not just losing your iPhone or failing your exams or you know, your favorite uh, uh, people unfollowing you on Instagram. It goes beyond that. Are you with me? So the song was actually written by, by a Laura Steed, I, I believe. Her name is... Uh, yep, Louisa Steed. This also to trust in Jesus. Do you, do, you, do, you know what, do you know what's the story behind that hymn? Just got married, has a, has a four years old daughter. All right, and one day they were at Long Beach, by the beach in New York. 
And there was a, and there was a boy that was drowning. Mr. Steed jumped in, trying to rescue that boy. And uh, you know, of of course, the one who's sinking pulled both people down. The husband died. It was in that context that this song was written. In the in that why, she still said, "It's so precious to trust in Jesus." Now, that's a second-mile attitude. Wow! This week, one of uh, our members, you know, the wife was pregnant. There was no heartbeat. Went back to the doctor to confirm that, you know, uh, the baby was not alive, you know. And so, of course, we're all hopeful. We share stories. The life group was praying, you know, and then even on the day when, when the couple was going to the hospital, they said, pray. And so while praying, different people were chiming in, they were praying, all right, and then it was confirmed that, the, that there was no heartbeat. And listen, you know, it's in, that, it's in that time that you know the character of the man. When the text comes back, you know, and the text goes something like that. Can I read that for you, please? I don't think they would, they would mind. But let me read this. Let me read this. This is powerful. It says here, baby is in heaven with Jesus. He or she was not perfectly formed in the, in the womb, but is perfect in every way in our Father's arms. Please join us in the privilege of a sacrifice of praise. To our awesome Father, who is always good, always loving, always faithful towards us. You know what? That is called maturity. Please join us in the privilege of praising our Heavenly Father, who is always good, always loving. You know, you know, that, you know that the person or the believer is a second mile believer when, when all things go wrong and you're not pointing your finger at heaven and say, God, why are you so unfair? Why did so and so? Because we're all sharing stories. And I've gone through my fair share of um, almost losing Melody, almost losing Megan. We prayed, baby heartbeat came back. You know, we believe in the God of the miracles. We don't know why miracles don't happen all the time. We, believe, I, we, we don't know why people die from cancer when so many more were healed. But instead of pointing finger and saying, God, why are you so kind to Daniel and Joy? Why can't we keep this baby? It's a sacrifice of praise. And listen, I love that. I, I love the sacrifice of praise because the only time praise becomes a sacrifice is when you have got to, is when you have got to pay a price to praise God. And it's easy for us to praise when things are going well, when you just got married, when you just got a brand new house, when you got a pay raise, you know, when things are fine. But it, it takes everything within you when things were going wrong and you don't even feel God's presence. Don't you like what Andre shared? You might have missed it. You know, but Andre said something which I can't remember now because only he can say it. But it, it simply means, I can't quote him, all right? But what he was saying is, you know, if we call ourselves people of faith and yet we respond according to our feelings, what, what are we talking about? When you feel like praising God and you praise, don't feel like praising God, okay, I'll just, just be quiet. Then you're not really a people of, of faith. You're a person of feeling. But a person of faith will praise God regardless. 
in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that is what it means to live life on the second mile. Because we love God. I don't know why God allows this to happen to me. I don't know why the enemy seems to have taken you know, an, an, an advantage. But, in spite of that, through it all, God is good. All the time, and all the time, He is good. That's what it means to live life the second mile. That's the charity mile, the love mile, the smile mile, where you don't drag off your side. I just hate going to church now. No, man. When you don't understand why you are going through what you are going through, and yet you praise God. When you, when you, when you don't know why the adversary you know, is winning, and yet you praise God. And there's a, there's a psalm you know, that... David was questioning God, why is my enemy triumphing over me? Why is this? Why? And he was asking why. And then he says, until I come into the sanctuary of God. And, then, and that's why I know the end. Friends, there are, it's only when you press into God in times of crisis that you learn the ways of God that you will, have, that, that, that you will never learn when times are good. Can we be deeper than just skin deep? Believers, can we just go beyond the first mile and when uh, things are nice, happy, clappy, when things are bad, uh, I complain and cry. I pray that this church will be full of second milers. We go to second mile when we're abused and misused by people and yet we still smile and say, it's such a privilege to to serve. There are people like that that I've met and my respect for them just goes through the roof. When you know full well that this person was totally wronged and yet the attitude and the glory that shines through his life, amazing. People of the second mile. I believe the second mile is also the victory mile. You have mastery over your circumstance. You refuse to allow, allow your circumstance and your situation to define your response. You choose your response. Choose. We have a choice. We're people of choice. We're, we're, we don't live by our feelings. Many, many years ago, when I was a brand new Christian, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, right? they've got the, the train. I don't know if you remember the, the train. You know, facts, feelings, faith, right? So base, basically, the engine of that train is faith. You are not led by facts or by feelings. You are led by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And faith allows you to choose your response. People of great faith are people who choose their response and align their reaction according to God's word. Praise is a proper response in times of crisis. Every morning you present your body as a living sacrifice. It's a proper response. Amen. Standing before God and lifting up your hands when all hell is breaking loose in your life is the right response for believers. Come on. I believe people who are successful in life are second malice. And we should all strive to be second mile in all aspects of our lives. Talk about praise. What about at work? 
Can I just make this practical? Do you know that all Christians, I believe, should be second mothers at work? Second mothers at work. You are not just working to be paid. You are in your job because you are passionate for your job. And you'll go the extra mile. You wouldn't just say, oh, but I'm just paid the salary of a clerk, so I'll just be a clerk. That's the first mile thinking. Right? You might be paid a salary of a clerk, but you, you work like the CEO. I tell you, <laughs> life would pull you forward, and one day you'll become the CEO of the company. That's how it works. You know, I've never thought of being a pastor in my life. Never thought when I was growing up. All I knew was, I saw, I saw a need. I volunteered. They thought I could do it. I did it. One thing led to another. Tana, I became a pastor. <laughs> I'm serious. And I'm doing some fun things in, the, in this season that I never thought in my life I would be doing that. But all I did was I put myself in a place where God can happen to me. Where God can break into my life. And it, it always looks like going the distance, going the extra mile. In school, kids, the same thing. And that's why, it's, I'm not just referring to my own kids, that's why in general, when I talk to people and all they want is to pass their exams, I'm disheartened. When I hear it, I said, that's a terrible way to live. This is a first mile person. The second mile wants to score A's. And it's, not, and it's not like I want to compare myself to my friends or that is all about grades. No, it's an attitude. Right? Can I share this, Maribeth, me doing your homework for you? I'll share it. All right, and I volunteered. All right, so it's not her fault. She has she has got to create a poster, all right, to sell the school, market the school, right. So there are all these things now, and so she wanted to do it on Word. So I said, what's the wrong uh, software to do a poster? So of course we have Canva, right? All these nice slides, Canva, and so I went on Canva, and it was a simple piece of work, but it took me three hours to do it. You know why? Because I need everything to be perfect. The font size, the color, you know, the placement. I didn't have to do that. And I don't think that she will get good grades because everything is in the right color. Because the school doesn't expect it, but to go the extra mile. Are you with me? It's, a, it's an attitude. Amen. Are you still with me? It's an attitude to go the extra mile even when you're doing someone else's job. <laughs> Hello? Even if you don't get the reward or the recognition because at the end of the day, people would think that someone else did that job for you. But do you know what? Can I say this? If you're a second mala, heaven would would ensure that you are properly rewarded in due season. In due season. Because whatever we do, as I said in my last message about work, we are doing unto the Lord. God is your paymaster. You have got to believe that. Not, 
Your earthly master, God is the one who sees what you are doing and reward you. And isn't there a verse that says He sees you doing in secret, He will reward you openly? Do you believe in Scripture? Do you take it uh, as, as truth and just do it? Come on. Imagine if all of us do that. Come on. In school, at work, in your marriage. Going the second mile for your spouse. It's not about whether they deserve it. Don't, don't you know what, what Shane said about being kind last Sunday? Amazing word. It's not because people deserve it, but because they are worth it. Wow. That was my takeaway from that message. Great word, funny, we laugh. But the reason why we want to be kind, why we want to love, why we want to, is because people are worth it. And your spouse is worth your love. They may not deserve it, but because you said, I do, they are worth your love. They are worth your sacrifice. They are worth you waking up early in the morning. Send the person to work. I was with Peter and, can I just talk? I was with Peter and Lakeim uh, last night. So, of course, Lakeim works along the, no- the north-south line, right? North-south, you know, and so I said, weren't you affected by, by the MRT line that, that broke down? And so, Peter said, I'm the MRT driver. And I said, how many years married? I gladly do it. And that's what it means to go the second mile. It's not about romance. It's not, it's not about just, it's about just going the extra mile for the person you love because they are worth it. Same for church. Why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? Because Number one, for the glory of God. Number two, because the church is worth it. It is the bride of Christ. It is the body of Jesus. I'm I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for the Lord. And because He is worth it. Why do we want to win souls? Because the souls are worth it. Why do we do Alpha? And even though so few people came, because Daryl is worth it. I'm serious. Why do we do camps? Even though only one third of the church were there, and of course the camp come was saying, oh, solo, because for every encounter at the camp, it was worth it. Why did all these guys come early in the morning to rehearse? I don't know when God, what, God, what God did, I don't know. All right, the songs that ministered to you during worship, I don't know, that might not minister to me, but minister to you, it's worth it. You know, I'm preaching like that. I sometimes think that I, I did a terrible job, but people will write to me and say, that's a great word. It spoke to me. I say, really, it did? For that, it's worth it. I'm serious. My son saw me doing my slides, like, you know, for the whole day, right? Trying to perfect it. And I was wrestling. I've got, a, I've got four or five messages every single Saturday before I preach. You know that? Four or five. I can send four or five. I did, I, I did three slides. Like that one was on discipleship. I told my son I'm speaking on discipleship. I woke up this morning. I said, okay, I, 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 I remember what the text, I remember the text in the live group chat. And I said, how I wish that all of us are second mothers. And I said, okay, I'll change my message. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Same. Why do we go for conferences? Some people say, oh, so expensive and all. I must pay $50 for burning hearts. 
Listen, at the end of the conference, is it 50? $50. At the end of the conference, you will wish that you had paid 100 Because why? God spoke to you. It's true. And that's priceless. That's priceless. You know, every time I've got to, when I was younger, I have to beg my dad to give me money for camps. They wouldn't remember this. You know, and of course, my dad paid for all my youth camps. <laughs> that's worth it. I had to work and save for mission trips. Do you remember those days? Yeah. You'd save for mission trips yeah. because uh, you know it's slightly more expensive than a youth camp. <laughs> You've got flights, and uh, I, I tell, change my life. It's worth it. You have you need to you need to put in the second mile into your Christian life, into knowing God. It's worth it. Why did I go through five rounds now of MFL, PFL? <laughs> hey, you know, most of you know that you know, I, I've got more, more job than one. <laughs> more than one job. You know, and yet every Saturday, every Sunday, you see me here. Never late except once. I came at 10.05. Because I was downstairs <laughs> trying to finish a piece of work on with text. Well, why is, where is everyone? A couple of week, weeks ago. You know, but do you know what? I love being here on time, worshipping. Andre is not a standing preacher. I love sitting there. And, I, and time was ticking, but I couldn't feel it when they talk about giving. I love it. Right? Do you know he spoke for an hour, 20 minutes? It's a record huh, in this church. I'm trying to break it. My notes are gone. We've got ten, I'm speaking because you won't hear me for, for the, the, the next two weeks. But listen, I love it. Why don't I do MFL, PFL? It's not because you know, I, I've got serious marital problems in my life. Ask my son, ask, ask my kids who are in love. But because you are worth it. Yeah. And, but you know what? After every... And some Sundays, or some... Most of us, right? Some Sundays we have to drag our feet. And I say, oh, I'm so tired, man. After speaking especially. But yet, after the two hours, I always say to Joy, aren't, aren't we glad that we stayed through? Hearing the stories and, and the testimonies and the, and the homework and the reflection. I said, oh, wow, that's my heart, man. It's great. I tell life is more fun in the second mile. It's the smile mile. It's when you do it gladly and you say, God, this is fun. No one pays me to do this. No one pays me to go for MFL. I have to give an offering every time. <laughs> no one pays me. No one pays me to go last night to a live group and... You know, whenever I can, I want to push myself. Because, you know what? Second mile, I have a choice. Second mile is me mastering over my emotions. Mastering over my tiredness, my fatigue. Can you imagine if all of us live life like that? If this church lived life going the second mile. And I tell you why. Because Jesus went the second mile for us. He didn't have to die on the cross. Right? The Father gave him a way out. 
And do you, do you know if God wants to start all over again, He can start all over again? Because He is God. And you don't deserve Jesus dying on the cross. Neither do I. But do you know why He did it? It's well worth it. And He did it going the second mile. He did it. He went the extra mile. The first mile was God giving us a chance. And we failed. All of us failed. <laughs> but the second one is Jesus dying for us, made a way for us to be saved. That's the second mile. So, can I have the band on stage? You can choose to live life hellish, return evil for good. You've been kind to me, I do you bad. That's terrible, that's hell. Or you can live life on a human level. But I pray this morning that as a church, in our home life, in our work life, in our ministry, in our church life, in our Christian life, we can all be second malice. And do you know that no one is qualified? When I first started speaking, I was stuttering. I was a two. When I first started speaking, I listened to myself terrible. Now, I'm a six. I barely pass. But I didn't wait till I was a five before I started speaking. When I first started leading a cell, I knew nothing about cell group leading. Nothing. All I knew was this. I've got three, four members. Cell group leaders, just simply, I've got to text them. How are you? Can I meet you up? And I don't know what to do. I'll just show up. How are you? And sometimes I'll try to be on form, right? But there were some days where there was no form at all. What's ah, going I think I've told you a story of Austin. I'll just repeat that, right? It was our first year in our youth ministry. Austin stopped coming to youth group. I met him for Starbucks. I was trying to be as inspiring as always. It just didn't come through change Austin's life. It's not by might, not by power. It's by the Spirit. The Starbucks changes life. <laughs> Same for my friend Norman, now one of the key leaders in New Creation Church. All I did was, I went to the second one. He said, I love the second coming of Christ, not a believer. I want to know more about the book of Re- Revelations. In New Christian Church, there was a speaker. He got this fire from don't know where. He said, Daniel, I'm not a Christian. I've got no idea how to go to a church, how to behave. Can you come along? I said, sure. I went to the second mile. Tired after camp, brought Norman. He gave his life to Christ. He was in Conaton for a season, went to New Christian Church. Now... He's a leader in that church. I didn't do much. I just went the extra mile, brought Norman to a conference. Is it hard to bring someone to a church and sit beside you? No. I can tell you story after story of how we went the extra mile and and God just came through because we live life on the second mile. I know I was going through Facebook and uh, the youth group that I started I was like celebrating how many years? 10 years, right? 20. What? 17 years. I said, wow, has it been 17 years? You know, and a different generation of leaders. And I looked there and I said, wow, I'm so glad I put my hand up. I'm so glad I said, there's a gap. 
I am the most unqualified person. Don't learn from me, but I, I was, <laughs> I dated when I was very, very young. Wrong candidate for a youth leader, right? <laughs> I, put, I put my hand up, and 17 years on, they're still singing Soul Safe. They recorded a few CDs. Songs were being sung. Went for mission trip. Was it good? I, I look back and say, yeah, I think it has been a, a, a great life. Burning Hearts. The founder was, was Jason Chua. The founder was Daniel Chua in the first <laughs> year. It's true. And I said, Jason, you do it, I'll raise the funds. And how many years on? About seven, eight years, five years? And has brought a bunch of radical lovers of God. Every Tuesday, every Wednesday, praying here. I don't know, I saw Boon Kiet giving an exhortation on Facebook Live. And I feel proud. So, this is worth it. This is great. So what's my point? I know I'm venturing. I've got no more notes. Huh? But this is what it means when all of us live life on the second mile. And that's how this church can be great. And that's how you can be successful as a teacher, as an executive, as a boss, as a husband. This is the secret sauce. This is how Singapore will continue to be great. Don't just play bureaucracy. It doesn't work. Go the extra mile. Dream bigger. Don't just stow the line. Push the boundaries of what possibility can look like. Same for church. Are you satisfied with like empty seats all around? Because I, it's, not, it's not about numbers. I, was want, I wanted to talk about discipleship. Jesus was number one in losing crowd. Alright, can you imagine if our mission statement is living life on the second mile as a church? We'll probably lose some people. Because some people want to come and live life on the first mile. Tell me what's the bare minimum before you can marry me. No! That's not what we want. Right, Christine? We want people who will go the extra mile. After work's tired, you show up for life group, not because of what you can get out from life group, but because of what you can give your life group members. That is second mile living. You serve in ministry, not because of what you can receive from the church, because you, you have a gift. You want, you want to share it with the body of Christ. So let's all stand.